Hey everyone, this week on Bold Life Out Loud, I'm introducing you to my other half, Jason. We met in the emergency room, our first date was at a strip club together, and a few months later we are married and expecting our second child. People look at us now and say they want what we have, but rewind a few years and you might be singing another tune. Our marriage was failing, we both were struggling, and we realized things needed to change. Today, we're talking about past hurts, healing, and celebrating 16 years together. Welcome to Bold Life Out Loud, one woman's journey about living outside the normalcy box and the people doing life with me. Here's to living an authentic, messy life and sharing truth of real life lessons instead of the constant perfection feed. I'm Bonnie and welcome to my bold life. I'm living out loud. Hey you guys, welcome to episode five of Bold Life Out Loud podcast. He's the peanut butter to my jelly, the ying to my yang, the mac to my cheese, and today you guys get to hear from him. Hey honey, uh, introduce yourself. Hello, hello. My name is Jason, uh, or as Bonnie calls me, Jay. (laughs) Um, I uh, am 39 years old, pushing the big 4-0. I'm a father, I'm a husband. Um, I think I'm an interesting guy. <laughs> I'm about uh, five nine. My wife wants me to mention my weight, but You're that's the extent of our conversation. So I do like long walks on the beach. Now. <laughs> You're such a hello, dork. everyone. Okay, so um, the whole point of this podcast is to let you guys just dig a little deeper uh, with who I am and with the people I'm doing life with, and so of course. One of the main people that I do life with is my husband. And so I thought it would be an interesting podcast or just an interesting journey to share with you guys how we met, how we got married, um, trauma, marriage life, all of the things, right? So um, why don't we just jump into like how we met? I was a... It was a painful experience. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, yeah. Let's just break it down real quick. You and me went to the same high school. Yes. But we never hung out. We were in different groups. We knew similar people. We knew the same people. Yeah. Yeah. What, so what group were you in? I was in all the groups. No, no. What group were you really in? I was in all the groups. I don't know why you continue to label me as something else, but I was all I was in all the groups. I was a friend to all. <laughs> I happen to hang out with a lot of the jocks. And that's what uh, Bonnie labels me as. But <laughs> yeah, um, no, I was I was kind of a, a cross class guy. Yeah. yeah, and I hung out with the band, <laughs> but not that type of band. I was the girl on the back of the bus, <laughs> or the ones getting in fights. With people, I wasn't the normal, as you would say, band person. No offense to anyone that's been in band or, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, so, okay. So we just celebrated 16 years, but you guys need to know where we started. So we met in the emergency room. 
Uh, you were there for kidney stones. How many times Hence have you... the the painful experience. Yeah. So how many times have you had kidney stones before we actually met? In uh, that, the... This was the second time I had kidney stones. Oh, my God. And you had it, like, three more times after we got married. Uh, honestly, th- I don't even remember. It's all just a cloud <laughs> now, but... And so I was there because um, I was out with a friend at the local Target, and she did not buckle her son in to the cart, and he stood up and fell out. (laughs) And so it was a hard enough hit that we rushed to the emergency room because he was getting sick in my car. And um, as we walked in, my friend, her boyfriend, knew Jason. And so, of course, then Jason knew my friend, and when we walked in, we they said hi, and then what? <clears throat> Just kind of introduced you and I. Yeah. Um, so, what'd you think? <laughs> she was all that in a bag of chips. Oh my god, you're such a dork. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was, I was, I was obviously taken back. I mean. You're beautiful. Aww. I had uh, other things on my mind at the time, so obviously conversation wasn't one of those things. To... You were still trying to be sly, though. Like I, I don't know. You don't. Honestly, I don't remember too. I don't I... remember words, but I just remember meeting you and kind of thinking, okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and then so that happened. What did we say? Like, I keep on forgetting time. Yeah, so that happened, and I'd say probably about a week later, I got a call from her friend's boyfriend, my friend. Um, That sounds so confusing. I know. We leave names out just in case. Yeah, her friend (laughs) and my friend um, were the couple. Um, But anyways, uh, he called me saying, you know, asking if I wanted to go hang out and... um, you know, a group of people were going to be heading out to a strip club. And and so, by the way, we it was kind of like set up as this group date, which also meant <laughs> I brought another guy on this group this, date. This is how she rolls, people. <laughs> <laughs> so I had Jason coming, but I also had this other guy who I had been talking to for a while. But And it, I honestly <clears throat> wasn't aware that Bonnie was going. Oh, oh! I wasn't. Okay. It was. It was just. I. I think he might have <laughs> mentioned Bonnie and 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 someone else, his girlfriend, um, and a couple other people. But I. I mean, it was just really like, hey, we're all a group. We're all going to this strip club, and you know, did you want to h- hang out? It was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah. So, um, we load up. We go out to San Francisco because we lived in California at that time, and um. We hit the clubs. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, there was a lot of alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of it's a blur, except for the best moments. Yeah. So one of the best moments I would say probably was we got a lap dance together. What? See, and that's a part I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie says we got a lap dance together, but um, I don't remember that. You rem- um, and, oh, you don't remember going to the another club afterwards? No, and I don't dancing. remember that either. But I remember. <laughs> um, it was right after the kiss on the corner, though. See, I don't remember much after the kiss. Oh on the Oh my corner. gosh! That's how powerful it was. 
Damn, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) So we went out. So the club, we had been hanging out, kind of sneaking off to get to know each other. And then all of a sudden. She kind of ditched the guy, the other guy she brought. Yeah. And we went outside (laughs) and we were talking and then we made out, basically. We had our first kiss on the corner of Broadway (laughs) and something in San Francisco. Yeah. And then I remember going to another club and dancing and stuff with you, but apparently you don't remember that. No. Okay. <laughs> um, and then we decided to go home, <laughs> and I left in my car or the group because I wasn't driving. Yes. And so I went in another car with the guy that I had originally came with. But I was texting Jason the whole time yes. in the other car. And basically, <laughs> when we got home, I kicked the other guy to the curb and told Jason he could stay. In nice words, I said you could stay. What, sure. do, what do you remember? <laughs> well, stuff I don't want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, make it PG. <clears throat> um, yes, I remember the text conversation. Um <laughs> I wish I had those texts today. Oh, yeah, because um, I don't talk that way anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's what happens when you get married after 16 years. Well, that's what happens huh. when you find Christ in your life. Too, yeah. so. <laughs> oh, shut up. We still talk dirty. Hey, no. <clears throat> um, but yeah, no, we uh, kind of ended the night uh, together. <laughs> <laughs> he means we had sex. Okay, people. <sighs> okay. Yeah. I'm turning red. <laughs> I'm shy. <laughs> Anyways. Yes, we uh, we we rushed pretty fast into it. <laughs> okay, so then that was the first night together. Mm-hmm. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am sort of moment. Mm-hmm. And then basically the, I mean, the next few weeks, you basically were living at the house. Well, I think mm-hmm. it was a, kind of a slow start. I, I did go home well, you had quite work. a bit. Yeah, and I was working and stuff, so. But I think... Um, What's what's good to know, or what's a, an important note, is I did not realize Bonnie had a kid at that time. Yes. I did not know Bonnie was a mother uh, when we did this dating, when we did everything we just talked about. Um, so as I was working and staying at my uh, dad's condo at the time, I would definitely come and visit quite often. Mm-hmm. And it became a point where... <clears throat> which is the, the the coolest part of the story to me is is where I did finally meet Isaiah um and I remember this kind of feeling of at first like surprise of course mm-hmm. but second was like this is like the cutest kid ever yeah um <clears throat> and with that and Bonnie of course you know I I definitely started staying over more and um to the point where I I used to always think man I'm still paying rent at you know my dad's condo and I'm staying here you know 100% of the time and it just kind of went super super fast yeah but yeah so then you were hanging out all the time basically at Mm -hmm. the house and then we got married (laughs) I mean there it was quick we were pregnant and married within how many months Okay, so we we met. We went to the strip club in October. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was actually maybe early November because it was right after Halloween. Okay. Anyways, um, so mm-hmm. we had done all that, and 
we were married by July. Yeah. So what's, you know, eight months, something like that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and yes, pregnant. Yeah. While you walked down the aisle. Aisle. That's four months pregnant. Yeah. So, so you, we would say I already came with, uh, some baggage. Uh, so I had Isaiah who isn't baggage, of course, but I had Isaiah. So I was a single mom. I had relationship issues from Isaiah's father, but then I also had my own trauma from, you know, other men in my life. And so my way to deal with that was sex and quick relationships and all that other stuff. And so then we got married and you came with trauma and brokenness and we thought like once we said I do I mean what you really think would happen when we got married did you think like this is gonna be happily forever after well I mean <laughs> not necessarily in those words but I did I did go go into it so with with you <clears throat> and I told you this before I, I never I never I've been in long relationships before. Yeah, that's your MO. And that was me. I, I wasn't a bam bam thank you man kind of guy most of the time. <laughs> and uh but mm-hmm. no matter no matter how many relationships I've I had been in that were longer than let's say one year, two years, I never got to a point where I wanted to pop the question. Yeah. And I told you that before. It was uh mm-hmm. with with you it was just I felt like, okay, this is it. Um, and obviously, Isaiah helped a lot in that decision because I loved that kid. Yeah. Um, so, eight months, and, and yeah, when we said, <clears throat> when you said yes, it was kind of like, uh, it wasn't happily ever after, like, this is going to be amazing. Yeah. But it was, I know because of my trauma and my past of parent divorce and all that, uh, I know it, this is it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's... So, you brought it up. So, let's talk about... Like I've said, I came with trauma in my own baggage, right? And then you, too, had some trauma. So talk about, quickly, about, like, divorce, drug. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, my past is really cloudy. Every time I try and think about it, you know, accurate details, it's tough. But I I think my parents divorced right when I was 14-ish years old. And Mm -hmm. my mom ended up moving up to Oregon. um, And my dad stayed behind in California. And I decided to stay with him to finish up school because I was getting ready to head into high school. And um, <clears throat> my parents, uh, it, it, was, it was definitely a tough divorce. It, it, didn't, it didn't go smooth. There was, I remember fighting and fighting and fighting and chaos and chaos and chaos. And before that, I had a <clears throat> pretty solid fairy tale suburb you know, upbringing. Um, and then when that happened, it just kind of, I mean, it literally ripped my world in half, uh, you know, being divided between parents and all that. Anyways, trauma was definitely there. Um, like I said, my mom moved to Oregon, so I was kind of left behind. My dad was never really a, you know, hands-on dad, even when my parents were married. So when I lived with him after they were divorced and my mom was, uh, when my mom had moved, it just became kind of this roommate situation yeah you were paying rent at like yeah so i was i was in high school i was i was working (laughs) full-time after school or after baseball practice because i was also playing sports 
And which I and yeah, again, and I paid I paid rent staying for, to stay with my dad. Uh, which I think is funny because you worked at the airport and I worked at the airport and how I don't remember ever seeing you when we worked at the airport at the same time. That's so funny. Well, you worked at a place that wasn't really part of the airport. Let's just be honest. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> that, was, um, that was the bruise on the airfield. You're adorable. But, it, uh, yeah, no, small world, right? Yeah. Um, so, with, with that upbringing <laughs> of kind of, I don't know, in a way raising myself since I was, you know, 14, 15 years old, um, I... You know, life was definitely harder than it was. Yeah. Um, I remember getting into, you know, simple things and getting into marijuana and stuff through school and, you know, starting the drug um, kind of path of my life. And that just kind of stemmed off into worse drugs and hanging out and doing the wrong things. And, um, in fact, I mean, I, I, I got into... Do, do you want me to go into the details? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got into uh, crystal meth, um, crank meth, whatever you want to call it, um, and cocaine. Um, got to a pretty dark point based off a job that I had at the time where individuals at that job were able to supply me with stuff. And I, you know, I ended up getting pretty addicted to, to meth, uh, particularly. Um, and that probably lasted a good two, three years-ish. In fact, right before I met Bonnie in the hospital, I mean, to be honest, I want to say I was probably... I think you said like a week or two before, right? I want to say, yeah, like two <coughs> weeks. I'd say a month max clean off of pretty much everything. Yeah. So, as you can tell, again, we're both coming into a relationship with trauma, past, brokenness. And I think another big key, too, to uh, go back on is Jason mentioned that he was in long-term relationships. But I'm going to bring it up because I think it's key in what our early marriage Mm -hmm. looked like is that most of those girls cheated on him. And so he had some very big insecurity issues. And I witnessed my dad being very paranoid with my mom or my stepmom. Um, and always questioning her. And so I, that was always like a huge red flag for me. And so, and at the same time with someone mm-hmm. like Bonnie, who was very disconnected from the love aspect of, yeah, of my love language is not self touchy feely. That's you. Yeah. So it was this poisonous <laughs> concoction of me being insecure and questioning everything and her being distant and almost giving me that reason. Yeah. So it was just, it was just this weird play of how both of our, pasts and our, and our trauma kind of reflected that that present time so. yeah so we got married and the truth is people look at our marriage now and they're like oh you guys are so cute and ah, da, da. and honestly the first yeah i mean 10 <laughs> i'd say eight eight years the first eight years were a living hell for us we're, we're, we're 50 50 right yeah now. you know it's yeah first eight year were first eight years were it was dark it was dark. Yeah, there was a lot of disconnect. Um, I think I honestly can look back and say the first eight years that we were both just in it for the kids. Yeah. There really wasn't any Bonnie and Jason. It was all about, you know, the, the little ones in the house. And again, like I explained with my past, I didn't want to, you know, have my kids go through that. So. Yeah, we both were very, like, on point as far as, like, we're not going to get divorced because we're stubborn. We're both stubborn. And I think that was... Um, 
what kept us together, of course, the kids too. But, um, I mean, we, there were things like Jason's insecurity would come up. Like he would accuse me of things to the point where eventually I think that message eventually not, not saying a hundred percent, but that kind of pushed me that way. There was also things like the way that we communicate, like, because I am a child abuse survivor, when someone comes at me, my instinct is to fight or fly. <laughs> and Jason's communication is he wants to speak right now. Let's resolve it. Re- let's resolve it in the here and now. And when I'm in fight or fly, I can't process. I can't think. I'm, And so I would black out. And how many things did I basically break on you? I mean... <laughs> Curling irons. Never a bone. I've never broken a bone. Never (laughs) put him in the hospital. Yeah, curling irons. I think the worst thing was a cement (laughs) candle holder. It wasn't cement. It was was was, ceramic. It was plaster. It was 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 a good rust. It was something hard. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But uh, shoes, lots of shoes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Lots of slaps and kicks and knees and all that, but... Yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't pretty, for sure. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. It was just... Uh, we, it was just there was a lot of purposeful... Hurt, hurt. dig. Yeah, digs. There we, was, uh, it became hurt. this point of like, you know, who can hurt each other worse? Yeah. You know, based off just words. I don't think we... Well, because you said both... for so long you wanted a reaction from me. Because I would... Yeah, I... a lot of times we would get in these arguments and it would just... It would... It would pissed you off I didn't cry yeah it would just inflame things even more because like you would you wouldn't care it was like you just didn't give yeah any yeah you just it didn't matter yeah and that was just to me it was like why yeah why don't you care about this enough to fight for it right now well and so going back to the trauma aspect of it is it wasn't that I didn't care it wasn't it was that I was trying to process and because I had never really seen a healthy way to process that I had no manual. I had no way. And so I knew the way I was processing processing it was wrong, but I just didn't know what was right. And so then we go to counseling. And you guys, this cracks me up so much. (laughs) So we go to marriage counseling. You better speak facts. Stop. You better speak So we go to marriage counseling, (laughs) and he'd been on it for years, like, we just need to go to marriage counseling, and that will solve the issue. So we finally go. I finally give in, because I think it was just a crock of crap. And so we finally go, and we get there, and I'm speaking to the lady who is giving us marriage counseling. The lady. And so at the end of the counseling session, he was like, we need to change counselors. You need to find a guy because it's not fair. I did not she, say find a guy. She's just sticking this, with going hold with on, you. Disclaimer: <laughs> I'm not some sexist individual. Oh, shut up! I don't discriminate against the women. He it wasn't thought about the counselor that. was being a yes man. It wasn't man. about the man or the woman aspect. It was about <laughs> every single tool that she had us work on. In some way, benefited you. Like it, it, what, the way I always put it was. I felt like I was the one that had to change everything mm-hmm. that I'm that I am in order to meet this woman's requests. Yeah. And it was like everything. There was never a time where it was like, Hey Bonnie, I need you to really dig deep and be intimate with your husband. Yeah. Do you, you see know, there wasn't like that. And this and really mm-hmm. to backtrack a little bit, this was a time when talking about intimacy that 
we probably went about three years. Yeah, that we didn't have. Without any <laughs> intimacy. I yeah. mean, it was physical touch. And so when she's telling me things <laughs> like, I, I need to understand this. As a husband that hasn't been intimate with his wife for three years, it was very difficult. Yeah. And yes, I wanted to find alternate methods and see if we can get a second opinion on things. Yeah. Um, but it did come across as I just didn't like what she was trying to tell me. Do you look at it now differently, understanding more of my trauma? Because, again, disclaimer, at that time, Jason knew I was physically abused, but I didn't tell him until, like, a long time into our marriage that I was sexually abused. So do you think now, going back, maybe the counselor or the therapist could pick up cues that I hadn't informed you about yet? And that's why maybe she was more so like, hey maybe try this i feel like this is a trial like this is weird it's like i don't want to speculate (laughs) but uh no i i i don't i can't necessarily speak on that point of like i felt like she was onto something and that's why we were i mean it does make sense some of the things that you know she was bringing up yeah um but again i think the focus that i got out of the whole thing was why is it me why and maybe that, yeah, maybe she did go down that route in order for me to try to understand. And if that's the case, thank that lady because it worked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So we talked about, well, okay. So we've talked about trauma and stuff. Uh, what, what have you learned the most about sacrifice in relationships? What have I learned most about sacrifice as mm-hmm. in myself? Whether it's what you have done to serve your spouse, um, or I think I think marriage is <laughs> is all about sacrifice, and I think sometimes when you, I don't know, in some ways when you put the word sacrifice and marriage together, it sounds like a negative thing. Um, well, that's why a lot of me, people uh, don't like the when we talk about Christian sacrifice, they think the negative, but yeah. sometimes sacrifice or serve. So what? Yeah, it's it's it's. <laughs> It's more of, I remember the one thing that stuck out to me in marriage counseling was, and I've heard it obviously many other places, but it, it's, I used to, I used to think about marriage as 50, 50, right? Yeah. We both put in 50% and <laughs> it forms this hundred percent and then boom, there's the, you know, everything's perfect. Um, somewhere along the line, we picked up the term of, we both <laughs> put in a hundred percent and all of a sudden it was like, oh yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I'm, I'm, if I'm only putting 50% in, I'm only, I'm doing an F's work. You know what I mean? Like I'm failing at this. Yeah. So the sacrifice <laughs> personally is one of the hardest things in marriage. I think is just getting over your personal comforts, getting over what you think you deserve or you're, I don't know how to put that, but it, it, I think it's, it's take that thought process and put it into your partner more. And it's trying to say, what is what does she or he deserve um and 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 sacrificing something on your end to be able to make that happen yeah um i think that's the best way i can describe it and that's a good thing well it's simple i mean people think of sacrifice as being this huge monumental thing but the reality is you going to work all day is a sacrifice for me to be able to stay home because that's what you're doing for your family but you're also doing it so I can invest in the things that I want to do but also sacrifice too would be like you work all day you come home and you do the dishes yes we have arguments about like 
they're your dishes too or it's your well, laundry there's, too. There's but, always more to do. Yeah, yeah. That's the big argument in our house. Like, that's probably the number one thing we argue about. Really. I, it argues a. We battle. Term. Yeah, I'd say we we spit battle. We discuss. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, hey, if you're going to walk past the washer and dryer 50 times, you think you could actually maybe switch a load? Yeah, you know, yeah. that's how we kind of argue or discuss nowadays. Um, sarcastically, I guess. Which is funny because they say you're not supposed to be no. sarcastic. But we mix in laughs. Yeah, we do. Laughing is good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so list off two ways I serve you well and two ways that I should serve better. Um, I'm, a, I'm a child of affirmation. Uh, yes. He is. I uh, I like. I I like affirmation. I like <laughs> that. Um, I like my wife. You know, saying I'm a handsome guy, and um, I like physical touch. touch. Um, so to start off with the to the two things that I would like more would be more, and I'm not talking sex. I'm not going right there. I'm talking just standard intimacy of just being one with me and cuddling with me and holding me and. And, and, and wanting that. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to interrupt real quick. Okay. So that is something that is not my love language. So like his love language, if you've ever taken any of those tests or whatever, is affirmation and touching and feelies. And I am not a touchy-feely person, period. Um, and I am an ex-of-service person. And so for all you women out there that struggle with the the message of you're not good enough for your husband or good enough for your significant other. Um, the reality is sometimes we have to be intentional, right? And so while I am not that person, I have to make uh, an attempt that like when he comes in the door for lunch or um, a- after work that I stop what I'm doing. Maybe not right away. Like perfect example today, he came home for lunch and I was in the middle of teaching Dominic. So I couldn't stop right then and there. And so, but as soon as I had time, it was like, oh, hi, kiss. How's your day? Check in. And so something as little as like that, that can change the conversation or the direction of a relationship. Yeah. And that has to be purposeful Mm -hmm. on your end. Yeah. I'm very intentional about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, I like the affirmation. I like the physical touch. I like being intimate with my wife. Um, uh, those are the things of, I, of course, would want more of. Yes. Um, I'm so appreciative of who you are and how hardworking you are, how, 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 how much of a hard worker you are. Um, I mean, honestly, people out there listening, and I hope you listen to this well, because there's times when husbands say, you know, I don't know what I would do you know, without my wife. I, I literally cringe when I think about, I don't know what I'd do without my wife. Um, you know, we live this pretty put together life and 90% of that is because of her. Oh, come on. You said 99.5. No, 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 no. no I said, I said, I got down to like 65 oh, okay. as far as like sharing the roles of the, the responsibilities. household. But uh, as, as far as the organization aspect of our, of our family, um, or judging by my last anniversary gift of her planning out 12 months of dates, you know, for us, those are things that men, I think in general struggle with. And I so appreciate that 
the intention for that. Um, and I just, I mean, what you do for our kids and yeah, I might go off and I'm working and I make money that we can then invest into our family and into our community and into whatever adventures we decide <laughs> to take together. Yeah. But you know, you're, you are definitely taking up a lot of the things that I wonder, I don't know if I could handle if you were, you know, if you were out of the picture. Aww. Um, and that's like cross my heart and hope to die. Um, it's just crazy. So that I think covers more than just two things. Yeah. What, so on that same path, like what is one of your favorite things about our family? I think just watching the growth. Yeah. It's been pretty cool. It's, to see. I mean, cause we're, we're lucky enough to be the younger parents. Oh God. We're not even young anymore. What no, I know we're, I'm, I'm like I said, when we started this thing, I'm pushing four Oh Bonnie's trailing right behind me. Shut here. your mouth. <laughs> Um, but to watch it, to watch a kid, like when I entered your life and Isaiah was a year and a half Yeah. to watch that kid turn 18 and graduate high school and now look into college and going through all the stuff we're going through with him and our, our daughter, you know, pushing 16 here and getting ready to drive. Like, it's pretty cool to watch. I guess all of our hard work come to, I know, you know, what's funny though. It's like, I've sit back recently and I'm like. God, we were young and stupid. <laughs> like, I can't believe half of the things that I did back then. Like, while we were <laughs> raising kids. You know, it's just so crazy. That's the hard part about it, being a parent to me is, <clears throat> I don't know, not putting your kids in the same box that you were in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's well, especially like, in this generation. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think... Um, <laughs> I just, I love the growth of our family and not even just metaphorically speaking or physically speaking, but I don't know. It's cool to, you know, see the, the, the steps that we're taking and the, the limbs that we're kind of climbing and the planks that we're walking out on, you know what I mean? And, and really finding out where God's, you know, leaving us to be. So, yeah. Um, okay. So we just celebrated 16 years. And I, I fast-tracked through that before. So we got married on 4th of July. We celebrated 16 years. Our wedding we put together, like everyone came together on a shoestring budget. Um, definitely had some trauma during that time for me because um, I had family members that decided not to show up to our wedding. Um, so that was hard for me. Um, but we got married. We hung out we pregnant <laughs> one kid that was almost two yeah we planned our own wedding yeah with help from two or three people yeah my family jumped in and helped <laughs> you know things like food and stuff like that but we literally went through all that stress with kids yeah. or with being pregnant and a two-year-old and and still trying to get to know each other yeah yeah it's crazy um so going, let's go back to Izzy real quick. Mm -hmm. So Izzy, Isaiah, um, what, cause I have noticed there are things that we were walking through with his adoption that I was like, just get over it, just get over it sort of situation that I have picked up on our fostering journey. And I was like, oh, this is probably what Jason felt like during that. So those of you, again, he... Um, Jason came into the picture. Isaiah's dad was not involved, but because I was young and put him on the birth certificate, 
it was my duty during that time to hunt him down, to sign over his rights, even though he never really saw him and he did not participate. I financially was taking care of him and stuff. So um, once we got married, Jason's dad, or not dad, grandpa, um, said that he would pay, help us pay for Isaiah's adoption because he wanted, before he passed away, for Isaiah to have the Van Dusen last name. So $15,000 later, basically, um, just to basically hunt this guy down, get his sign off on it. Um, and I thank God that his parents finally dragged him in and we had to sit across the table from him to have him sign over his rights. But, um, I remember just having conversation with you a few times about, like, that's his dad. You're just going to have to get over it with me having conversations with him or... Yeah, because I never... Nobody... I don't... I mean, maybe others can speak different to this, but uh, I I definitely was not looking forward to being a stepdad. Yeah. I wanted to be a dad. Yeah. And and honestly, as much (laughs) as I was around Isaiah... You were more of a dad. Yeah. And yeah. he and he obviously called me dad, you yeah. know. Um I Well didn't... and you saw you saw what was really happening too, because I still had issues, attachment issues to Isaiah's dad because, you know, I didn't want to I didn't want my son to grow up and hate me because I put up boundaries. But eventually you were like, You have to put up boundaries and so I did, which was great. But I've noticed that kind of on our fostering journey is that I get very attached to these kids and they start calling me mom and then all of a sudden they start calling their parents mom or even like our little one right now, she calls me mom, but then she starts calling everyone else mom and I'm mm-hmm. like, but hip, hey, I'm the one that's taking care of you. And so I kind of feel that now in, in some sense. Right. I mean, it's not the same level, of course, but I kind of understand more. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just different when you're, when you feel like second in line because, you know, blood is going to be more powerful than anything always. Yeah. Um, But it really doesn't come down to that. It really just comes down to an emotional connection that someone that is investing that time and effort into these kids, you know, you... You definitely want that, I, I don't want to say recognition, you know what I mean? Because it's not that from a kid, from a child, but um, mm-hmm. in a way it is, you know what I mean? It's that I'm I, You're I'm their mom. people, I, the yeah, tribe. Exactly. You're, their, you're that, their people. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, like I said, I just, I was not at the time looking forward to being a stepdad. And looking at the very little amount of effort, if any, that he, you know, bio dad was putting in, it just kind of upset me even more that he even had a opportunity to have this child in his life. So, yeah. Um, so bringing us in, so we're doing foster care. So now we've been married for 16 years, but at the eight mile marker, basically what happened is that I strayed away from the relationship and, um, it wasn't a sexual affair, but it definitely was an emotional affair. And still to this day, I can sit here and tell you, like, I have no clue what that gentleman fed into me because it's not like I wanted to have sex. I didn't want to have sex with you. So I didn't. Um, I think it was, it was because sex was such a huge issue with us that 
having someone attracted to me and it not be, I'm sure he was thinking. Yeah, let's I'm, Yeah, I'm sure he was hoping to get laid. I'm not going to lie there. But in my mind, because he didn't know me, there was that weird, whatever. And so Mr. Sneaky Bud over here knew something was going on. And he did like this Google number where... <laughs> I don't even know how you did it. But anyways, um, so he found out. I, I knew something was up. Yeah. I just knew. So he found out and basically like that was that was like our breaker. Like we had an intense, intense fight. And um, at the end of that, like. Well, and let me just <laughs> cut in here because, you know, like we've talked about a couple times throughout this whole thing. Bonnie and I have always, because of our past, never believed in breaking up the family for the kids' sake, right? Yeah. But we always said <clears throat> the one reason that I would ever leave or the one reason she would ever leave is if we cheated on yeah. each other. Yeah. Um, and we kind of, I mean, we nobody's had an affair. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We've never done anything like that. We've said hurtful things to lead to that, but it's never happened. Yeah. Um, so when this happened... You know, it got really dark because it became a reality of, even though, and again, in my position, yeah, she said there was no physical, (laughs) but it's, it's, as a husband, it's so hard to believe that, first of all, um, but second of all, it's just, it's, you know, it's still the same level, you know what I mean? And that's how it felt. It was, you know, she just left me, you know? Yeah. Um, so to me, it became that whole, (laughs) okay, this is it. Like, this was the only reason that I would ever end my marriage and put my kids through something. Um, and it just became a really, really dark time, so. Yeah. So, and that is about the same time that I came clean also about the sexual abuse from my father. And so, I think it was just this whole plethora of craziness coming together. And we knew that things needed to change. And um, at the same time, I had attended a camp called Royal Family Kids um held by a local church that took kids from the foster care system and just loved on them royally for a week at a summer camp program i was asked to speak and then i decided to go to that camp and a little while later i found the lord jason was not ready for the lord at that time and so i was taking the kids to church um by myself and then he decided to come later like two months later right i would say probably about that yeah, it was it was definitely a few weeks. I mean, I would go scattered here and there just because I started feeling like that husband that was, you know, all had, the people at church were yeah. like, "Where's where's your where's, where's your kid's dad?" Yeah, um, it's not, it was nothing like that. No. Uh, but yeah, I just became that guy that was like, "Okay, I don't want to. I, I hope I'm not like people are thinking about me weird, you know." Or, anyways, it was just selfish reasons, and I decided to go for selfish reasons just to save face for my family. Yeah. Um, so, so fast track though, is that we found the Lord. We've put a lot of work and had some really interesting conversations and we, we try to laugh. We're not perfect by any means. Um, I call it the six month spat. Like we normally have like a good argument every six months where it kind of is like, you're just in the day to day life doing things with each other. And so eventually the things that do add up you have conversations about when you can actually sit down with there's no kids or interruption or whatever but 
I feel our communication is way better now. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I feel like we're, the forgiveness factor of our relationship is, is not just. It's picking our battles. Yeah, it's picking the battles, but we also, we say sorry. We apologize. Yeah. We, I, we, I actually say sorry. That never happened before. We, you know, we never, we never did that. Cat's trying to break in the room. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I didn't say sorry till we were, like, married for 13 years. And, like, the day I, I said it, he was like, wait, what? <laughs> so, um, so just to, like, put it out there, we still argue. We still disagree. There's still times he might find himself sleeping on the couch. Um, Most of the time it's back issues, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that's just to say, like, what you see on Instagram or what you see in the normal everyday of passing by is not a reality of what is really happening in people's lives behind closed doors. Well, honestly, marriage can be perfect. It really can. Uh, It includes fights. Yeah. It includes arguments. It includes disagreements. It includes forgiveness and grace (laughs) and everything. And that's what makes a perfect marriage. Well, and I believe, like, something that I truly believe in, which is funny that a lot of parents don't, is that I believe in having arguments or fights in front of your children. Not the shady, throw shit kind of fights, but the... Because you need to let your children see that you can get in a disagreement with someone, but you can also come to terms and have a conversation that you don't always have to agree, but you can work things out. I think yeah, that's the, a big the life selective skill. arguments. There yeah. are some arguments that we might get in that I'd probably prefer <laughs> our kids not experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying crazy like it used to be, but yeah, you know, there's just certain things that we don't want to talk about in front of them, but yeah, absolutely. If the kids can see us in our, in our not so good times, but then quickly after that, turn around into, you know, cohesive, team again you know what I mean and and loving each other and and forgiving and, and moving on that's that's definitely important but yeah I I'd, 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 we never just to clarify <laughs> disclaimer again yeah we never purposely like get into a fight in front of our kids just to you know use it as a, a lesson or a tool no no, no 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 so um so we're gonna be wrapping it up soon but I want to touch on a few things I, we're definitely going to have to have another conversation, but that one will be just like on foster care and that journey and stuff. But since our main goal was introducing you and kind of the way our relationship is today and was back then, um, let's see, let's go. What are we going to do here? Um, what has been hard to deal with when walking through a relationship and trauma? What would you tell other husbands or family members um about that to like what would you recommend well first of all the hardest thing in any relationship or or with someone with past trauma is it's the unknown mm-hmm. you know you the way we process yeah we, we all process things differently mm-hmm. we all we all have different past different traumas different uh um, upbringings, whatever you want to, I mean, whatever you want to attribute to it. And I think a little more understanding, grace, forgiveness in relationships on both sides is the key to everything. Cause, uh, you know, the term pick your battles has always been, you know, you do, you literally have to pick the battles that you want, that are worth fighting. Um, and the ones that are not, you, you forgive, you move on, you give grace and, and provide understanding and that's it. Um, and, and that's exactly the advice that I would give others is just, Pick those battles that you know are worth fighting for. Yeah. Um, 
and give give grace like you've never given <laughs> in any scenario in your life because this this relationship is the most important thing and and yes especially if you have kids yeah. kids need that you know togetherness that that forgiveness that grace that model um to look up to and grow so you can just keep that good cycle going so yeah um i always yeah give grace forgiveness and and try and remove yourself and think about the other individual more than anything and sacrifice whatever you can to 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 provide what you need to for your family that's awesome okay so you guys thank you so much for hanging out with us as we just let you in dig a little bit deeper with us and get to know us more um i'm so appreciative of that i'm appreciative of you joining us on this journey i look forward to interviewing you some more Anytime you tell me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. Thank no. you, everybody. And uh, make sure that you are following our journey on Instagram. And we will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye. So my lesson today is simple. Marriage is not happily ever after. It's about finding someone that you can do life with. Do life with in the ugly every day in the mundane but also enjoy those awesome amazing moments of connection and growth and sacrifice and love so i hope you enjoyed today's podcast and i just love you guys so much so think about all those things we talked about today Stay tuned. Make sure you follow, like, and share with your friends the Bold Life Out Loud podcast. And make sure to find me on Instagram at Bold Life Out Loud or Geronimo Project. I want to hear your comments, questions. Let me know what you think and what you want to hear because you are not alone on this journey. So see you next time on Bold Life Out Loud podcast.